You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. For the final time in 2022, welcome in to Crunch Time here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, if you want to watch the simulcast, you can do so on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. New Year's weekend is always a great time. Plenty of college football. Sprinkle some NFL football in there as well. We've got some playoff semifinals to talk about. Big bowl games and so much more. Two hours of jam-packed sports talk right here on the game. Producer and co-host is Mr. James Mesh. James, happy Friday to you. Sarah, how are you? Oh, it's Friday, bud. It is Friday. We're, we're doing amazing. It's it's the last work day of 2022. It is. What are we What are we going to do with ourselves? We're going to have to start writing 23. I know. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. It's going to take a couple days. That That's always a uh, a weird transition. Like it's gonna be weird. I'm not gonna see you for until a whole nother year. Right. Like like it's gonna be so long. When we leave this afternoon, we're gonna say see you next year, bud. Like that's wild. As if that joke hasn't been played out for like the last hundred years. Correct. Correct. Uh, Today's show, like I said, we're gonna preview the college football playoff. We're gonna preview the big New Year's Six bowl games. We're going to talk the NFL with some serious playoff implications. And some college basketball as well. Score updates from bowl games going on right now in the Gator Bowl. South Carolina leads Notre Dame 24-17 to in the second quarter. Pitt and UCLA deadlocked at 28 apiece in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. And then in the Barstool Arizona Bowl, Ohio leads Wyoming 8-7. to Baseball score in college football. We love that. We absolutely love that. Tonight, you're going to get the orangiest Orange Bowl that, there, that there's ever been. I, and I can't wait for it since Tennessee, my favorite color is orange. Tennessee and Clemson doing battle in that one. But James, first thing I want to get to, how about your boy Dalton Schultz? Oh, Dalton Schultz, baby. How about how about your boy Dalton Schultz? Oh, needed a big night from him. He's only projected like nine points. Got me 24. You got 24 out of them. 24.6. Oh, beautiful. Oh, and, and then what I love is I don't remember if it was the first touchdown or the second touchdown that he caught, but after one of his touchdowns, he looked at the corner and said, too small. Oh, it was the second one. You're too small. Because the first one, it was just a play-action boot that left him wide open in the, in the he flat. Said, he said too small. That was, oh, man, great. Absolute just perfection. Uh, the Dallas, I, I'm not happy that the Dallas Cowboys won, but, you know. I mean, we expected it, though. If, Dal- if Dalton Schultz had a good night for you, then we'll take it. Go, James. Uh, the I, Cowboys. I wish CD didn't have so many catches. Well, yeah. It was like, Dak, you're up two touchdowns. Do you really need to keep throwing it to CD? How do we, how do we grade Josh Dobbs' performance? It really wasn't that bad. For, for the kid getting into Tennessee eight, now nine days ago, 
and he had a better performance than the three that Malik Willis had combined. I think it was pretty good. I think for what he had to deal with, that was that was a pretty good performance in him. It he didn't really make a bad decision or like a really big mistake until the end of the game when it was pretty much already out of reach anyway for Tennessee. Tennessee had a lot more fight than I anticipated. I did I thought they would have been lucky to get to six. But they got to thirteen. Yep. They put up a field goal relatively early on. They were able to get a touchdown. They got real. They really opened up that playbook. They really went with trick plays. I was really surprised seeing as, end arounds with Traylon Burks. I'm as like, you probably, you as you probably should at this point of the year. Yeah, my my I mean, might as well do some do some fun stuff. What do you what what do you, what do you you're not making the playoffs? But what it, are you playing for? But it's interesting to me because there's no implications for you. This game does not matter. Right. So it's like, why are you kind of throwing out the fun plays? I guess let them have fun. I guess because like, like but it's you like. Said, but it'd be a lot more fun if you use that and it worked when it matters. to help to help beat yep. you to help you beat the Jags. It's true. The next week. That's true. I think that would have been a lot more fun. But at this point, I think it's safe to say Malik Willis is not playing next week and you're just gonna go with Josh Dobbs again. Yeah. You you're you're gonna save Malik Willis for either A the playoffs or B for next year. Or you just even if you make the playoffs, just no need to throw the kid out there and well. And just ruin him. No, you you might just save him for next year. You might as well just save him altogether. Just put him in put him in the hyperbolic time chamber. The Eagles might be forced to save Jalen Hurts for another week. Yeah, at this point, he was originally questionable, and now we got a little earlier today. He's now doubtful. So it's looking like it's gonna be Minshew Mania again. Which I feel a lot better about than if it was Jalen Hurts under center. Oh, well, hundred percent. Because I I'm not anticipating Gardner Minshew to throw for three fifty five and a couple of touchdowns again. No, nope. Not I don't. Happen. I don't expect that type of production. Nope, not not gonna happen. There, there's actually looking at the NFL schedule. There's some good games this weekend. Oh yes, Bears Lions could be interesting. Lions, if they need to stay alive, they need to beat Chicago. Carolina Tampa's got a lot of implications. If Carolina wins against Tampa and then beats New Orleans next Sunday, they're in the playoffs. Minnesota Green Bay. Divisional matchup, those are always fun. Rams, Chargers, kind of the same thing. The Sunday night game could be pretty good with Pittsburgh and uh, and Baltimore. Yeah, and that, that was still interesting. You won't have Lamar, though. Right. And then, of course, the Monday night battle. Oh. The Bills and Bengals. That's how you end a week. You can't get better than that. I mean, Josh Allen against Joey B. I mean, two of the top quarterbacks in the league. How that's, do you get better than that's that? That's how we're going to decide the fantasy championship. Oh, it comes down to Monday night. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And man, you know, it's so funny. Beginning of the year, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, the Bengals are are going through that slump. I was going to say they're going to have that Super Bowl hangover, which, which, to be fair, the fact that you had three new offensive line pieces that you kind of had to mesh together to be like, hey, let's let's figure it out. It was a slow start. There was was no doubt about there was a lot of questions about that Bengal squad. But boy, have they figured it out as of late. And everybody's pretty much healthy. No more Lyle Collins, which is going to be very intriguing. No more Lyle Collins, so you don't have your right tackle. But Buffalo's been going through some injuries all year, and they no longer have, have Von Miller. Correct. So it's going to be really intriguing. The These losses, they they kind of just split even, so it's not like you could be like, well, Bengals didn't have Lyle Collins, so it's like that's the reason why they lost, or like that's a big reason. Well, to be fair, Buffalo also has lost quite a few pieces on defense. So it it evens out. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this plays out. 
I'm hoping for fireworks. And then, of course, you know, we can't forget about the New Orleans Pelicans playing tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. James, let me let me tell you something that's a little wild. Oh, I love when it gets wild. You can get into the Sugar Bowl tomorrow cheaper than you could get into tonight's Pelicans game. That is that is honestly pretty wild because you would, and, and I even looked at this and I I went to go look at a ticketing website to go see like what's available. <laughs> Everything in the six hundred section is available. Yeah, like, it's all there and, and for like fifteen twenty bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, I was I was scrolling for days. I'm like, okay, when when do I get to like I don't know like forty dollars? No, it's like it's like every section's available. I, I may I may very well have to take a road trip. I'm sorry, babe. <laughs> this, I just this is a me trip. Ah, uh, I, I might have to go to the Sugar Bowl. Another weekend where Miguez isn't at his house. Yeah, I, I don't. You know. just, I don't. I don't what's like the, to, I don't, What's the point of having a house? You, I mean, I need somewhere to live during the week. I'm a traveling man. Weekend I just, though, I, I'm a traveling man. Why don't I just have I, a trailer or or an RV? You, just live in an know, RV. You know, I know a lot of people that do that. My uncle lives in an RV. I mean, it makes sense. He goes crazy. It makes sense. Rent's a lot cheaper. Uh, I was going to say. Rent's a lot cheaper. Makes it easier. So on today's show at 4.30, Brandon Lee Gowton is going to join us from SB Nation's Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, he covers the Philadelphia Eagles. He will join us for a conversation about the Saints and Eagles on Sunday. And then at 5 o'clock, Jake Crane of Crane & Company will join us for Jake's Takes, as he does each and every week. Uh, we will pick all of the New Year's Six games, college football playoff, and so much more. Also, throughout today's show, I want you to hit us up on the game hotline, 337-706-0111, and let us know your favorite sports moment of 2022. Uh, we're going we're gonna to give ours a little later on in the program, and then we will get you on your way to your New Year's festivities we've also got a college basketball breakdown we're going to talk about the cajun women winning last night as well as lsu women getting a big win over arkansas and then we will talk about the cajun men dropping to coastal carolina 77 to 76 all of that and much more on today's edition of crunch time but the biggest names in today's music are taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama. In 2023, Hangout Fest returns May 19th to the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, Little Nas X, and more. And the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, has VIP passes. All you got to do is enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. VIP gives you access to exclusive viewing areas, stage-side pools, hot tubs, and gourmet food. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like no other, and you can find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. When we return here on Crunch Time, James and I will talk college basketball, Cajun women, Cajun men, and LSU women. And we have audio from Gary Broadhead following their win inside the Cajun Dome last night right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 17 here on your Friday fun show edition of Crunch Time. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. 
Poll question of the day up on Facebook and Twitter. What kind of fireworks person are you? Do you like to buy your own and pop your own? Or do you like to watch others blow their money up in smoke? James, what what are what are you? Oh, yeah, I'm willing to pitch in. Like, like if you want me to toss in twenty twenty five dollars, and like a bunch of us go get some all together and we pop it, or like a, a friend is like, "Hey, I got a bunch of fireworks. Want to come over and we pop them?" <laughs> yeah, I'm down. But for me to spend like over a hundred dollars nah. on fireworks. Nope. I'm good. I'm good. I know. I watch. I watch the fireworks because I plenty of people in my neighborhood. They pop them themselves. I get a show. I'm good. Free so, of charge. So we have a tradition. My wife's family has. They have a bunch of land that they live on. So every year for New Year's Eve, they have a bonfire. Mm-hmm. Massive bonfire every year. And so there's all kinds of people nearby that pop fireworks every year, like. It's their tradition. They go buy fireworks and pop fireworks every year. So we never buy any because everybody around us pops fireworks. So we just pull up a chair and watch the show. Why, why would I spend my money when other people are spending theirs? Right? I mean, I get the same form of entertainment. It's not an extra form of entertainment. Fireworks isn't one of those things. Like if you cook your own meal, it tastes better because you cooked it, right? And like you, that, kn- you know how the whole process went because you did it yourself. That, that's kind of a thing, but like popping fireworks, I don't get an extra joy of excitement because I'm the one that lit the fuse. No, if anything, like de- depending on the fuse, it may be a lot shorter, so you got to run back. Right, but you probably missed the start of it because you're still trying to run back and Correct. not get hit. Correct, and you want to because you always want to avoid nope. a Jason Pierre Paul. I will, I will take a seat, pop open a cold one, and watch everybody else do it. I'm just fine with that. So, y'all have fun. Yep. If you want me to join, I have no problems. But otherwise, oh, I, I I am not one to shovel out a bunch of money. And, for and again, I'm I'm with you. If everybody chips in, I don't mind throwing in you know twenty thirty bucks. I have no issue with that. None. I'm not going spend hundreds of dollars like some people do. No, no. A I just no 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 shot. It's gonna say you could ju- you could just go to uh to Youngsville. They do a f- huge firework. Correct. Over there. Correct. So, talking basketball, the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns, the women's team, hosted Georgia State last night inside the Cajun Dome. It was a 54-41 to victory for Louisiana. Lene Wheaton led the way for the Cajuns with 16 points and 6 rebounds on 5 of 12 shooting, including 4 of 6 from deep. James, looking at you know some of the trends of this game there was no scoring there were no field goals let me let me rephrase that there were no field goals for the last 5 minutes of the game the last 5 minutes georgia state didn't hit a field goal for the last 8 and a half minutes of the game Georgia State missed their final six shots from the field. Just one one of the craziest trends that, that I've seen. And then, you know, you look at it, and, and Gary Broadhead alluded to it in the postgame press conference, and we're going to get to it here in a moment. 
any time you can hold a Division One program, whether men's or women's, to under, well, I, I guess in women's because women's is the only one that plays quarters, under 10 points in a quarter, you're doing something good. Yeah, you really are. And the Cajuns did it twice. The last made basket was by Tamara at the 507 mark Correct. in the fourth. Correct. So mid, midway through the fourth quarter Correct. was the last time you saw somebody make anything. Because you, you, you saw free throws here and there, but no right. made baskets. You held the Panthers to nine points apiece in both the third and fourth quarters. That's impressive. That is very good defense by the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns, who with the win improved to 7-6. and six on the season following the win, Gary Broadhead gave his thoughts on the victory. Uh, game, man, I just I thought we played 40 minutes. It's probably one of the most complete games we've played all year. I thought we did a good job, of, not only on the offensive side, but the defensive side. We kind of met all our goals. I think we had 10 turnovers. We were shooting for nine. And a lot of it was toward the end of the game when we got shot clock, clock violations. We were trying to hold the ball a little bit and stuff like that. But, uh, man, I, th- I think everybody kind of showed up, you know, especially the second half. It looks like we were a lot more comfortable the second half and pressuring them. And, you know, Ren and Mariah did a great job on the inside on 11. Even though she had 12 points, I thought we made her work for every point. And that's, that's our job, you know. I think that's what we try to do is make it tough, make them take tough shots. So I was really impressed. Now, neither team shot the ball well. Georgia State shot 33% from the field, while Louisiana shot 35% from the field. The difference maker in in this game, when you look at the statistics, second-chance points. In terms of second-chance points, Louisiana outscored Georgia State 13-3 in that category, and it was a 13-point victory, so pretty checks out, right? Um, So, again, another great performance by Gary Broadhead and his team. And you look at Lene Wheaton, who who finished the leading scorer with 16 points. She had a very quiet first half. And then she came out in the second half, and it just looked like somebody lit a spark. Some way, somehow. So, following the game, Gary Broadhead was asked, what was the message to Lene Wheaton at halftime? Well, you know, we believe in her, man. She's, I mean, she, I call her instant offense, you know. She can, you know, at any time score three, you know, to ten points, you know. And that was the thing, you know. We were looking at her and like, man, you hadn't really did anything yet, you know. And um, one of the coaches said, man, we need to grab her, man, and, and, and make her be the dog that we talk about her being. And, man, they jumped on her and they pull in on her and all that. And she responds, you know. She responds to uh, pressure. That's what, you know, really good players respond to when it's your turn, you got to show up. Well, she did, you know, and it took her a little while to get going. But, you know, even on the defensive side, I thought she did a great job. Man, she's, she's guarding a point guard. She's forcing them to the, to the right, to the right, because she wanted to go left. And I think they took them out of their offense. So she did a really good job without fouling uh, and really played a lot better the second half and just proud of her. Really hard worker. I mean, she works hard, so it's good to see her, you know, respond to a big win for conference. He said, I looked at her like, you're not doing much. Yikes. Come on, coach. That's a little harsh. Good point, though. I mean, she exploded in the second half, man. It was it was incredible to see. Uh, once again, with the win, Cajuns improved to seven and six. She was like, I ate, say less. Right, right. No kidding. Um, it, it, was, it, it was just 
again, like somebody lit a spark in in her game, and it was incredible. Four of six from, from deep, two of four from the free throw line, eight rebounds as well for Lene Wheaton. And then on the other side for the men, it was a back-and-forth game with Coastal Carolina up in Conway. Coastal Carolina hit their last five shots from the field and a foul with four seconds left from the Cajuns uh, led to a field, uh, free throw, made one of two, and that sealed the deal in a 77-76 to victory. For the Chanticleers, Jordan Brown led the way, go figure, with 25 points on 8 of 16 shooting. Uh, he had nine rebounds as well and three blocks on the night from Jordan Brown. Terrence Lewis with another double-double, 19-10, and 10, as, as well as a steal and two fouls in the contest. But, you know, this was one of those games where you you kind of expected things to be a little sloppy because you had the Christmas break, guys haven't played in a little, it's been over a week since the guys had played, and you had the holidays, and there's just going to be a little bit of a letdown. And that's kind of what you saw. Uh, the Cajuns only shooting 23% from deep, 5 of 22. Uh, that's not a great performance. Um 92% from the free throw line, though, which was which was really nice to see, really encouraging. Uh, but, you know, you talk about going cold at the wrong time. Cajuns didn't make a field goal the last three minutes of the contest. So, you know, shooting went cold late, and, and that led Coastal Carolina to go on a little bit of a run to, to once again take the victory 77-76. to 76. One bright spot, though, James, Kobe Julian played last night. Kobe Julian played 16 minutes for the Cajuns, scoring seven points on three of seven shooting, and he had three rebounds to go along with that. So the the fact that they're easing him back in right here as conference is getting started is a good sign for Louisiana. So definitely looking forward to see what that, that team can do as you head down the stretch. And then, of course, the Louisiana – Louisiana – the LSU Lady Tigers played Arkansas last night, and needless to say, it was a beatdown. 69-45 to inside Bud Walton Arena. The Tigers outscored the Razorbacks 38-25 to in the first half, and then 31-20 to in the second half. The Tigers were led by Angel Reese, who had 19 points, 16 rebounds, on the contest, Alexis Morris coming in with six assists as well. You know, this was interesting because we've talked for for a while now that LSU women played such a easy schedule to open the season that you were a little worried that they might not be battle-tested. You might be a little worried that how good is this team really? Well, I think they answered some questions last night. Now, granted, one game it not going to shut up your your doubters. But you took a big step in the right direction by going on the road against a conference top 25 team and owning them. I mean, you I mean, you beat them by 20 plus in their gym. That's ugly. I mean, that is just ugly 
So good for the Tigers, good for Kim Mulkey, 13-0 and on the season, and they will most likely jump up from that number nine spot in women's college basketball. Score update on Notre Dame and South Carolina, 24-17 to at the half, South Carolina over Notre Dame. James, what were your thoughts on that, uh, that fake field goal for a touchdown? Oh, it was beautiful. Beamer ball, baby. Gotta love Beamer ball. Snapper. Give it to the holder so, as, for a routine field goal. And then reverse it right back. Throw it to the long snapper. What I don't understand, and, and, and I know teams sometimes line up in weird formations and then, and then come back in, but did you have a center and a long snapper on the field at the same time? Because you, you threw the touchdown pass to the long snapper who was lined up as a receiver. So you had a center and a long snapper on the field at the same time, which is so crazy to me. Yeah, but it's it's college football. You got like five different long snappers. Hashtag hashtag Beamer Ball, baby. Oh, it's, gotta it's different. Throw throw on the Pit Vipers and let's have some fun. God, gotta gotta love South Carolina. Spencer Radler, Shane Beamer. It's a it's a combination made in heaven. If you didn't get what you wanted from Santa, don't worry. We have the gifts you really want. In the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our awards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But wait, there's more. We now also have a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard and a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. However, these great prizes can only be scored by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. 431, almost 432. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation will join us. We'll preview the Philadelphia Eagles, who's going to play quarterback, and realistically, what chance do the Saints have? Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the Fighting Tigers of LSU and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 4.36 here on your Friday. Before we get to the game hotline, a little bit of breaking news. The Citrus Bowl betting has been suspended due to Drew Brees' involvement in the bowl game. So for, for further clarification, uh, Drew Brees has a partnership with Points Bet Sportsbook, and due to that partnership and his involvement with the bowl game in Purdue, it is a violation of amateurism or, or something along those lines. So can't place a bet on the Citrus Bowl anymore. So a little bit of breaking news there. Uh, retired NFL quarterback Drew Brees who is an interim assistant coach for Purdue, is the individual in question, according to the New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement. 
Uh, they have stopped. They have ordered all sports books to stop taking bets involving Purdue football and set existing wagers on the Citrus Bowl that were placed after December fifteenth, which is the date that Drew Brees was announced as an interim coach, must be voided. Interesting. Dang it, Drew. Why? Why? Why you had to do us like that? Let's go to the game hotline now. Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation joins us. On the hotline, Brandon, thanks so much for taking the time, man. How are you? Absolutely. uh, Doing great. Thanks for having me. So, looking at this season for Philly, I mean, it's just been a whirlwind. 13-2, and Jalen Hurts has has finally looked like the quarterback everyone thought he would be coming out of Oklahoma. And not only are you you winning, you know, 80-something percent of your games, most of them aren't even close. Hmm. Yeah, there have been some close calls mixed in, but yeah, to your point, I mean, you know, they, they pull out the Titans, they pull out the Giants. Um, you know, they've had their fair share of comfortable wins this year. Early on in the season, when they were, you know, obviously undefeated and going on this big winning streak, one of the biggest complaints of the team was that they weren't scoring enough in the second half. They weren't like fully blowing out the team the entire game. They were kind of letting their foot off the gas. So, uh, certainly a good problem to have. Uh, that's really just a testament to like uh, what you said about Jalen Hurts and just how much he's improved. I think beyond even reasonable expectation, and then just the talent on the roster that the Eagles have. I mean, you know, you look at what they had last year versus this year. They didn't have Hassan Reddick last year. They didn't. He leads the team in sacks with fourteen. They didn't have AJ Brown last year. He leads the team in receiving. Um, they didn't have CJ Gardner Johnson last year. He leads the NFL, not just the Eagles, in interceptions. So you know, adding all those playmakers to the team really helps. Now, you know, one one guy that really stands out is, is Jalen Hurts at the quarterback spot. Kind of struggled the first couple of years. You know, there were there were flashes of brilliance, but really struggled to kind of get his footing in the NFL. Well, this year, I mean, he's really had his, his coming out party. Uh, one of the MVP favorites as it stands right now. Just kind of talk about Jalen Hurts and the season that he's had up in Philly. Yeah, I mean, again, you go back to training camp and there's a big question, you know, like, okay, this team looks like it's ready to kind of compete for a Super Bowl. If you just look at the talent on the roster, aside from the quarterback position, there's more of a question mark. And, of course, if you don't have the quarterback, that's kind of a big deal. So there's a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts, and he showed some signs of improvement in training camp. I didn't think he looked amazing in training camp, so I was kind of expecting a little bit maybe more of the same from last year, at least some kind of level of improvement but I don't know enough to really bridge the gap from being, you know, a decent team to the NFL's very best team or one of the very best teams in the league. And clearly he's made that jump, and that's a testament to how he's wired and what kind of makes him special is this, you know, really intense work ethic. Obviously a lot of players in the NFL work hard, but I think Jalen Hurts is kind of, you know, that top, uh, top percentile there in terms of guys who really, really just commit themselves to the game and, and are obsessed with improving. And I think we've seen that. And obviously, again, he was adding talent around him, like an A.J. Brown specifically. You know, that's a quarterback's best friend when you have a guy who's that good. So certainly uh, more than one thing can be true. Jalen Hurts has improved on his own. And he's also received the, the correct support around him. Now, you know, you, you talked about some of the offseason moves that Philly made uh, including bringing in A.J. Brown on draft night and then a couple weeks before the season bringing in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. A.J. Brown leading the Eagles in, in receiving yards, one of the top receivers in all of NFL football. And then 
Chauncey Gardner-Johnson leading the league in interceptions. Uh, we we know a thing or two about CJ from <laughs> from his time in New Orleans. Uh, it's obvious, Brandon, that those two moves worked out very well for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean AJ, I really don't know what his weaknesses. You know, he's he's an elite wide receiver. Um, he can really do it all. A lot of people were comparing him to Terrell Owens before the season. Obviously, you know, there's the Philly connection there. But I mean. He's, he's, he's maybe even been even better. I mean, he's been awesome. I mean, contested catch, yards after the catch. Um, there's just so many plays that the Eagles can run where it's just, you know, it's, it's a money down for him. Um, and it's like, oh, well, we need something uh, out route to A.J. Brown. And it's always just going to be there for them. Or a slant to A.J. Brown. It's just a bread and butter kind of thing for them. And, yeah, and then C.J. Gardner-Johnson, it was really interesting that the Eagles, you know, got him so close to the season and then moved him from slot cornerback to safety where he had never truly played much extensively in the NFL, at least. And he, he did pretty good there. Um, now, you know, there were some, some rough patches along the way in terms of blown coverages. But, I mean, if you're ending up with six interceptions, and some of those, you know, I think were bad throws and whatnot. But, hey, to his credit, he took advantage of it. Other players might not. So, um, yeah, and it's really impressive that he still leads the league in interceptions, even though he's missed the past five games. Yeah, no no question about it. Chatting with Brandon Lee Gowton here on Crunch Time. Now, going back to the A.J. Brown conversation, is it even possible that we haven't seen the best of A.J. Brown yet, considering he's still only 25 years old and this was only his third season in the league? Yeah, that is pretty crazy, and that was another big reason why I thought it was such a no-brainer for the Eagles to trade for him. And, I mean, if you want to kind of put it in that context, you could also say, you know, Jalen Hurts is at the same age. He's 24. I mean, we, we have not necessarily even seen the best of Jalen Hurts, even though he's an MVP candidate this season. Um, so those guys are, are poised to be in Philly for a long time. And let's not forget about Devontae Smith, who's an incredible player in his own right and really, I think, would have gotten more attention for his performance uh, this past week against the Cowboys, had the Eagles been able to pull out that game. Um, but regardless of the result of that game, I mean, he was amazing, incredible, and almost a huge reason why they were able to win with a backup quarterback on the road. So, uh, yeah, the Eagles are set up for a long time with both you know, A.J. Hertz and then Devontae there, too. Looking ahead to, to Sunday, you know, looking at the injury report, Jalen Hurts listed as doubtful. So more than likely, Gardner Minshew will take the reins for the Eagles the Eagles have filled out the injury report nicely this week. However, the the Saints fill it out nicely just about every week. Hmm. Yeah, I was looking at the Saints report and uh, you know a lot of key names there in terms of you know is Chris Olave going to play? Is this Marshawn Lattimore going to play? And they're questionable. They were limited. It's a big deal. Um, the big injuries for the Eagles outside of Hurts, which is obviously you know going to cause Gardner Minshew to start, and then the former Saints draft pick, Ian Book, will actually be the Eagles' number two quarterback behind Minshew. Um, you know, I thought Minshew looked pretty good against the Cowboys for the most part. He did have the two picks. They were on plays where, you know, wide receiver could have done a better job of making a play for him. He didn't really get that support. I don't think they were egregiously bad throws by any means. And regardless, I mean, the Eagles put up like 422 yards of offense and 27 points against the number two ranked defense in terms of DVOA. So, and on the road at that. So, yeah, I definitely think this offense should be able to be productive and, um, you know, look efficient like they were. I mean, they didn't even punt. They did not punt at all against the Cowboys. So, yeah, there's there's every reason to believe this offense um, should still be good. I'm not going to say there's no drop-off from Jalen Hurts. Of course there is. Um, but with Gardner Minshew back there, you should be reasonably productive still. Look, man, I, I don't, I don't want to be mean, but I, I'm praying that Gardner Minshew doesn't get hurt because nobody <laughs> wants to see Ian Book on the field. 
Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. No, nobody wants to see that. Yeah. Looking again at the Eagles, depending on you, you had some injuries on the offensive line. You know, talk about who who's going to kind of affect the the run game for Philly if uh, if you have some offensive line injuries. Well, yeah, I mean, the Eagles' run game has been so vital to them beating the Saints specifically in each of really the past two years, back to 2020 and uh, 2021 as well. And, you know, look, Jalen Hurts being out, that's one of those areas where that's going to suffer because it's not just about, you know, him being able to run the ball, but the threat of him being able to run and how that impacts defenses and them having to kind of be uh, honest on some of those, you know, read option plays and those keepers and whatnot. Um, So that's certainly a negative impact there. And so is losing Lane Johnson. I mean, Lane Johnson is arguably the best tackle in the NFL, not even just right tackles. I mean, he's, he's an awesome all-pro kind of talent, has not given up a sack in forever. I mean, he's, he's a special player, special athlete, and he's going to be out until at least the playoffs. So um, the Eagles have some different options there. We don't fully know what they're going to do. They really have one of two realistic paths in, in terms of they could put Jack Driscoll who has kind of been fine as a backup. You know, he can fill in. He's not an ideal starter, I would say, over the course of a 16-game season. He can play in a pinch and do okay. And then the other option is the Eagles would actually move starting left tackle Jordan Mailata to the right side, and then they would put Andre Dillard in at left tackle because Dillard does not have the versatility to play over on the right side. The Eagles have tried that in the past. It's not gone well. Um, so I tend to think they would want to just go for the one-for-one, one, putting Driscoll in there as opposed to changing two spots. But we'll see. Wrapping up, you know, kind of talk about Philly's defense. You brought up Hassan Reddick leading with 14 sacks, and then Chauncey Gardner Johnson, and then obviously, you know, Fletcher Cox is still a name that that people hear all the time. Talk about Philly's D and how they've been able to to slow down opposing offenses. Yeah, it was it was interesting heading into the week because it looked like Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Um, potentially will be able to return against his former team. It turns out that won't be the case. He's not activated his practice window to return from IR, so he's going to be out this week. Um, yeah, interesting in terms of the Eagles' pass rush. They're on the precipice of becoming the first team in NFL history to have four different players with double-digit sacks. I mean, that's just insane. I mean, Reddick has obviously been great. He's 14 this year. Um, Josh Sweat, who just had a pick six last week, uh, incredibly impressive play against Dak Prescott. Uh, he, he just got the double digits last week. Um, they have Javon Hargrave, who's certainly going to potentially give the Saints some trouble in the middle uh, of their, their line there with, I know, um, Angus Pete and um, your, your other Cesar Ruiz both out. So that's certainly something to keep an eye on. And then the, 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 the fourth guy, if he can get there, is Brandon Graham. You know, who obviously has been an Eagle for a long time now, and he's always been chasing that double-digit sack season. He's at nine after getting a half-sack last week in Dallas, so I know he's really going to be wanting to get to that 10 mark, and um, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if they did, but yeah, that's what it's all about. It's all about that pass rush up front. Brandon Lee Gowton of SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, joining us here on Crunch Time. Brandon, appreciate you as always. Enjoy the game this weekend. Have a happy new year, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. And there he goes, Brandon Lee Gowton. Looking at the poll question of the day, do you buy your fireworks or watch others pop theirs? So far, 85% say they watch others. 14% say that they pop their own. Ralph Bergeron said, with the cost of living these days, perfectly happy to pitch a lawn chair on the yard with a cold one and watch the other suckers or good neighbors 
pop theirs. And then Texan in Acadiana says, normal stuff like food and gas is expensive these days. Not spending on stuff I can watch from my backyard. See, that that guy gets it. He just gets it. The essentials, man. Cost of living is too dang high these days, man. I mean, price of gas, constantly going up and down, finally hanging out in the twos. Wish it was lower twos, maybe high ones, but you know, I'm not going to complain. Beggars can't be choosers. We'll take a timeout, wrap up hour number one after this. You're listening to the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, and your home for the Citrus Bowl bound LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Let's look at some breaking news that I saw over the commercial break. What? Yeah. You remember Smoke Monday? Yeah. Tore his ACL during training uh-huh. camp for the Saints. Undrafted free agent safety. He was seen at the facility earlier. He had posted on his Instagram story him kind of running around and doing some drills on the sideline. Uh-huh. So that's a good sign. Uh-oh. It'll be interesting to see. And th- to be fair, I mean, you know how the Saints are with undrafted free agents and picks that they make later in the draft. A lot of them seem to kind of be like j- diamonds in the rough. So depending on what happens... That he could be a guy that could actually really be a huge uh, so contributor to the Saints' success on defense next year. So what you're telling me is that the NFL wants the smoke. Yes, the NFL wants the smoke. Which, uh, an, other NFL news I had seen: uh, Jerry Jones. You know how we were hearing rumors of oh they were discussing with To correct to come back. Jerry was like, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? We never talked at all with T.O. about having a contract. Of course. The the story just gets it's so, better <laughs> and better. It's, and better. it's great. Uh, score update from the Sun Bowl. UCLA has taken the lead with 34 seconds remaining. They lead Pittsburgh 35-34. to 34. Uh, It has been a up-and-down game. Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He does have two touchdown passes, but he also has three interceptions. So, yikes. A little up and down. However, he's going to be the winning quarterback. Unless Pittsburgh can miraculously pull off a, a crazy comeback in the next 34 seconds. How so, likely that is, though? Right. That's the that's kind of the thing. Um, looking at some other scores, Notre Dame and, US, and South Carolina tied at 24 with 10:28 left in the third quarter and then 3:48 left in the second quarter Ohio trails Wyoming 14 to 11 a high scoring baseball game yeah right right a, a very high scoring baseball game um in our number 2 James and I are going to make our picks for this big weekend with college football I mean you've got the Sugar Bowl the Cotton Bowl the two playoff semifinals, Rose Bowl, all of them. We, we got a lot of games to pick, the Citrus Bowl as well, and a slew of NFL games here on the weekend. We will also update you with the poll question. We'll recap some more of Thursday Night Football, and we'll chat with our guy Jake Crane from Crane & Company. That's all coming up here in 
hour number two. The last show of 2022. James, if I asked you right now what your favorite sports moment of 2022 was, what is it? Oh, you got to go all the way back to February oh. for me. When I correctly predicted the score for the Super Bowl, was so confident in it that I bet on it and won pretty good amount of money for how little I bet on it. Threw down a little three dollar bet, got over three hundred. How'd you how'd you know that it was just the number spoke to me. Oh my god. The number spoke to me. Like he has a fortune teller in the back corner of his bedroom. Like you ever get that feeling? No. And no, you just don't have that feeling. No. Like no, you're no, like no. you're like I could really I, I really feel like this is going to happen cuz I was like all oh. right cuz cuz I tried that bet the week earlier or 2 weeks earlier. And on the NFC Championship didn't work out so I was like double down. I really feel like it's going to be this. Oh my god. Good good for you. I I I wish. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two up next here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Hour number two of the final show of 2023, 2022, excuse me, here on Crunch Time, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, the game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. In hour number one, we recapped college basketball from last night, and we looked ahead to the Saints and Eagles on Sunday up in Philly. Minshew Mania versus Andy Dalton. Yawn much? In hour number two, every Friday, we kick it off with our guy Jake Crane, host of Crane and Company. We'll pick some bowl games, some NFL games as well here in Jake's Takes. Jake, what's going on, bud? How are you? Doing well, guys. How are y'all doing? Oh, doing well, doing well. So, you know, looking at some headlines in the NFL, Lamar Jackson's going to miss yet another game for, for the Baltimore Ravens. Tough timing considering it's a contract year. Yeah, you know, he obviously was off to a pretty good start. The Ravens, you know, have already in a pretty good position. I, I can kind of understand, you know, why, why they're taking it easy on him. But, yeah, anytime you're in a contract year, you want to have your best year, just ask Aaron Judge. Right, no, no kidding. And then you know, on the other side, for on, on a different side for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts listed as doubtful. Gardner Minshew more than likely going to start against the Saints, and Ian Book's going to be their number two. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the problem offense wasn't the problem for the Eagles. Uh, you know, last week uh, Gardner I thought did a pretty good job. He did have a you know there were a couple turnovers there. You expect that when you haven't played a ton, but I thought he managed the offense pretty well. Uh, I thought they operated pretty efficiently. Look, the Eagles, you, you want to just be playing your best ball when you get to the end. Everybody knows that. That number one seed is obviously huge, being able to play two home games before the Super Bowl, especially with how good that Eagles offensive line is. You want to be as healthy as possible. There's a fine line and, and a balancing act in between trying to rest guys and not losing the momentum you have or, or not getting rusty. That's an overused term, but kind of getting out of the flow of things a little bit. So 
that that's the part for Nick Sirianni right now. He's having to battle, but I mean, shoot, if they can score thirty points with Gardner Minshew, uh, you got to feel good about their chances. And then last night, Thursday night football, the Cowboys beating the Titans twenty-seven to thirteen. Dalton Schultz did a lot of people a couple solids last night, huh? Yeah, he did. I, I mean, if you had him uh, in in our fantasy league, my brother's playing Cone for the championship, and Cone had him on the bench. Uh, we'll see what Njoku does, Oof. but you know, it's it's winning time in fantasy football right now. Look, I didn't think the Cowboys played great. I thought Josh Dobbs did a pretty good job for the Titans, not having Derrick Henry and just the lack of weapons in general that Tennessee has. Dak's got to stop making simple mistakes. Every turnover is not created equal. Some of them aren't on him, but not being able to get the snap, throwing obvious interceptions, just things that them and the Vikings, the Cowboys and the Vikings have got to get out of this. Well, we'll just get down and come all the way back because you're going to run into somebody in the playoffs where they're not going to let you come back. So I'm still not a believer in the Cowboys right now uh, to be a Super Bowl contender. I just don't trust Dak, and and I don't think they have all the pieces they need offensively. Or, excuse me, defensively. All right, Jake, let's make some picks for the weekend. Iowa and Kentucky. Well, not the viewer. Um, This one, you know, if you you want to get in a time machine and, and go back and see football the way it was played, you know, when Rutgers was playing Princeton in, like, 1905, you're going to love this game. Uh, but, you know, obviously the quarterback situation at both place, places was in flux for Iowa, but but they've got in a transfer uh, in uh, uh, Cade McNamara from Michigan, who I think is going to help get them to, you know, chapter one. They're not even in the book yet offensively. And then Kentucky, we know how much they've struggled offensively this year. Will Levis obviously not playing. Uh, the first one to ten wins. Tennessee and Clemson in what's probably going to be the orangiest Orange Bowl of all time. Yeah, or the South Carolina ruined our season bowl uh, coming down the stretch. When I look at this game, obviously Joe Milton, how many people is he going to overthrow tonight? That's going to be what I'm counting. Uh, I think the under is a great play in this game. I look at Clemson. I like Klubnik. They've got to get some more weapons around them. You know, where's T. Higgins at? Where's Justin Ross at? Where's Travis Etienne at? Will Shipley's a nice piece, but Clemson doesn't have those game breakers on the outside are in general really at the skill position right now that they've had in the past. I do like Clemson in the game tonight just because I don't think Joe Milton's going to be able to operate that offense. Without Cedric Tillman, it's going to be hard. Without Jalen Hyde, it's going to be even harder. Uh, Give me Clemson tonight. Bama and Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. Bama has Bryce Young and Will Anderson both playing in this one. Yeah, you know, good for Bryce, good for Will. Uh, Alabama's obviously treating it like a big game, even though they're not in the playoff. But I like Kansas State in this game. I like Will Howard and Deuce Vaughn. I like the momentum they've had. Coming off that championship win uh, in the Big 12 against TCU, I like Kansas State. I think Will Howard and them kick a field goal late to win it. Thank you. I've I've been called crazy for thinking Kansas State has a serious chance in this game. No, I mean, they do. Look, Kansas State's a good football team. They know who they are. Uh, Alabama, you know, outside right now, Holden's gone, obviously, uh, transferring to TCU, uh, as a matter of fact. But uh, I just, again, I think Kansas State has enough weapons. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think it may be somewhat similar to that Alabama-Tennessee game a little bit. LSU-Purdue on Monday in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, you know, obviously no Kayshawn Booty for LSU. Uh, it's, I think there's going to be a decent amount of points scored in this game. I believe Aiden O'Connell's playing, correct? No, he is out. Oh, he's out. Give me LSU. Big. Uh, looking at Purdue, again, Aiden O'Connell was the guy they were going to go out there and throw it 40, uh, 40, 45 times. He was able to be efficient enough for it to somewhat replace the run. Jaden Daniels and LSU, just too much, too much personnel. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell and both 
of pit Purdue's top receivers are, are opting out for the NFL draft. Oh, well, God help those poor children. <laughs> they got Drew Brees, though, so that might help them for something. Yeah, well, he's going to be wearing a headset, not a helmet, so I'm not, I'm not freaking out about it. Tulane and USC in the Cotton Bowl. Can the Green, mm, can the green Wave make a little magic? Tulane. A Tulane team that's so happy to be here. USC, you know, it's a fun time. Enjoy the experience. Didn't get where they thought they should go. Tulane's got three different players in the top ten on their position board and look going in the NFL draft right now. Give me Tulane and what I think that it will be an overtly physical game at the end of the day on Tulane's side to USC. I like the Green Wave. Penn State and Utah in the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. Uh, you know, I think this is going to be a low-key good game. Uh, Sean Clifford, obviously in year 27, he's got a ton of experience. Utah and Cam Rising coming off that big win against USC in the Pac-12 championship game. I, I like Utah to win it. I think there's going to be a decent amount of points scored in this game. Playoff semifinal, number one, TCU and Michigan. Can Max Duggan get it done? Give me TCU. Everybody's just talking about this game being a blowout. Uh, Michigan's just going to roll over TCU. The Horn Frogs have all the ingredients you need to be able to win a game like this. You have experience at quarterback. You've got a wide receiver room that's capable, very capable, probably top five in the country, a little bit of everything. You've got an offensive line that's good enough to get a run game consistently going with Kendra Miller. The question's going to be, can TCU not stop the run but slow it down enough to give themselves a chance in the fourth quarter? Garrett Riley took the ball out of Max Duggan's hands uh, against uh, uh, Kansas State. I don't see that happening again. Give me TCU in a shocker. Georgia, Ohio State. The Bulldogs just too physical. Look, Ohio State's got, got very talented players. I just question their physicality. You know, why is Michigan beat up on them the last two years? They're more physical than they are. And Georgia, when it comes to physicality, is the alpha dog in college football right now. So I think Stetson's going to have time back there. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think Brock Bowers is going to do at least, least two weird things that result in scores. Uh, so give me the Bulldogs by 10 or more. Let's go to the NFL now. Saints, Eagles up in Philly. Yeah, I, I still got to go with the Eagles, even if Gardner Minshew or you know, a pine cone was playing quarterback. Because while the Saints, it was a good win last uh, week up in Cleveland in that bad weather, uh, I just I don't see them being able to generate enough offense regardless of how good enough they play on defense because eventually that dam's going to break a little bit. How about Bears-Lions? Man, I, I like the Lions here. Tough loss last week for you know what happened in Carolina, that absolute you know dismantling on the ground. But I do think Jared Goff, a.k.a. the gumball smuggler, uh, gets the Lions back on track this week uh, as they try and make the playoffs. Finns-Pats. <sighs> Look, uh, you said Dolphins-Patriots, correct? Yeah. Good. I was making sure I wouldn't lose my mind. Tua, I don't, I don't think he should play the rest of the year. The man has to learn how to get tackled. Let's be honest. Like, there's some tackles you can, you know, it, you just have no control over, but you can't go dead fish every time when you get tackled and slam your head against the ground. It's an art form. Uh, the Patriots are obviously upset with the way things have gone, uh, including that, you know, <laughs> pitch back loss against the Raiders, whatever you want to call it. Uh, without Tua, though, I, I think the Patriots find a way. Bill Belichick and that defense, they have ways of shutting people down. And if Tua doesn't go, uh, I just don't believe in, in what the Dolphins have to offer at the quarterback position offensively to score enough. Not that they won't score, and it's not like the Patriots are the Globetrotters on offense, but I think Mack and them can find a way to put 21, 24 points on the board. Panthers and Bucks in an NFC South rivalry. Man, it's so hard to bet against Tom Brady, even though they've just been absolute – you know, I don't know another way to put it, hot dog water this year. I mean, you've had some great comebacks against terrible teams. The Panthers are hot right now. I mean, Sam Darnold, 
Who'd have thought, right? Give me the Panthers, Steve Wilkes. Give him the job. Vikings, Packers. Yeah, man, look, Minnesota, I mean, they'll get down 10, then come back and win late in the game. Harrison Smith will pick it off. Uh, give me the Vikings. They find a way. The, the Packers, while Christian Watson has come on, I like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, obviously from a physicality standpoint at the running back position. But the Vikings, they are 10-0 and in one-score games. I mean, you know, we can say what we want. I'll say what I want uh, about whoever. But when it comes to the Vikings, they know how to win close games. So give me Minnesota. And then the Monday night football matchup mm. to end the week, bills Bengals. Yeah, this one is this, – this is the spicy one. I got to go Joey B at home. Look, the pieces are starting to get healthy again. Joe Mixon's back. Jamar's back. He's, you know, on the mend. Tyler Boyd's been on the mend. They've been able to find ways to win. Uh, I think it's going to be somewhat high scoring. But give me the Bengals at home. They've got experience, that offensive line. They're starting to play good when it matters like they did last year. So give me Cincinnati at home. Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company, joining us here for Jake's Takes each and every Friday throughout 2022. Jake, appreciate you as always, man. You made the show better this year. Uh, Have a happy new year, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You guys as well. Really appreciate it. Always time to come on, and uh, y'all have a happy holiday. And there he goes, Jake Crane, the host of Crane & Company. Your poll question of the day, how do you like your fireworks? Do you buy your own, or do you watch others so far? 89% say that they watch others. And why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't you? I mean, I I guess somebody has to be the idiot. I was was going to say, shout out to the ones that do buy it on their own. And and I mean that with no disrespect when I say an an idiot. An idiot. I I, I don't mean that, like, offensively. (laughs) But, like, somebody has to buy them. Right? Because if... Nobody bought them. We'd all be screwed. There'd be no fireworks to watch. But if one person per neighborhood buys fireworks, we're good. We're good. That's the ratio we need. One person per neighborhood buys some fireworks. I was going to say like two. Even better. Could have one hell of a party if there's two people. Three three people might be illegal. (laughs) That might be illegal. That might that might be too many fireworks at one time. That might just be illegal. Um, but man, it's just like it, it's such a they're they're so expensive. And then when when you you just light it up and watch it burn. Again, I enjoy watching them, and, and um, I just I don't know that I could ever get myself to spend serious money on popping fireworks. Because again, like I said, what does it do? You light it up and watch it explode. Tia just called and he said he has the best neighbors in the world because they buy so much that it goes on for hours and hours. You see, I knew people growing up that would buy those big boxes that have like the 30 oh yeah the bit and yeah just light one fuse and then all just oh dude like never i will never purchase it you buy some sparklers oh yeah roman candles you know what's the uh, little poppers yeah the little popper oh those are so fun The, the little small fireworks i'll spend my money on that that's fine 
the the big mamma jammas that cost a hundred dollars a pop? Nah, dude, no way. And it's like you just no use way. one fuse and it goes. Right. No way. It's like, well, there goes that hundred. No way. I, I value my money too much to just watch it explode like that. Nope. Can't do that. Uh, we'll take a time out here on Crunch Time, and when we return, it's the best college football weekend in all of the entire year. Word vomit there. Uh, James and I will make our picks for the college football weekend right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. So, the Alamo Bowl was last night between Texas and Washington. Texas was defeated in this game. But there is a video swirling around of Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian from pregame. You know, they're they're getting ready to come out of the tunnel for for the game, and the Alamo Bowl has an employee that's kind of, you know, telling the, the team when it's your turn to, to run out of the tunnel, things like that. And so Texas is making their way through through the entry of the tunnel and Steve Sarkeesian's leading the team out, obviously, and you know they're walking forward, whatever. Well, the Alamo Bowl employee puts a hand on Steve Sarkeesian's chest like, hey, hey wait, hold on, we're not ready. We're not ready yet. Hold, hang tight. And Steve Sarkeesian snaps at this dude. Like, I cannot say on live radio what Steve Sarkeesian told this man. But what's wild about it, obviously you should never talk to another human being that way, but what's wild about it is the guy places his hand on, on, on Sark's chest and then there's maybe three seconds of b- before Sark even says anything to him. Like, what, did you just flip a switch and go off on this dude? Oh, dude, he... He was just like all calm looking and then all of a sudden just I guess he didn't I guess maybe he didn't feel the hand on his chest at first. But then it's like I guess once he felt a little more he was like you just flipped the switch and he just said went. he said get your hand off of me you wow. Wow wow wow. It was like it was like how a coach talks to his player after like his quarterback Oh yeah. makes a dumb pick. Or throws a boneheaded pick in the end zone, or the or one of the defensive players misses an obvious tackle yeah. and it leads to a touchdown, just absolutely gets on him. It's like, what are you doing? Mm-mm. Dude's just trying to do his job, man. Uh, like, real seriously, the the guy's doing his job. Like, it's not your turn. He's got somebody in his ear telling him when it's okay for you right, to they go. Can, they can go. He's he's the guy he's the guy at the water park it's to a, be like you're good to go down the slide. Well, because it's it's a TV thing, right? Correct. You got to do it's a timely manner. They want to they want to make sure that the camera's on the team as they make their way out of the tunnel. And if the camera if the camera guy wasn't ready to get the shot of Texas, then no, you're not going to let him run out. So, and 
it, it blows my mind still to this day where somebody like Steve Sarkeesian, who has been in the business for a very long time, still gets frustrated with stuff like this. Why? It's part of it. Is it aggravating to have somebody touch? Sure. But, like, that's part of it. That's like when coaches snap at reporters for asking dumb questions. It's not like he it's not like he grabbed your right. shirt. He just was like kind of putting his hand out there and it just so happened to like kind of it touched your chest. Right. It's not like he was assaulting you. It's like Mike Gundy snapping at a reporter the other night for for asking a valid question. It was one that Mike Gundy didn't want to answer. I don't remember the exact wording of the question, but it had something to do with with injuries or uh or opt-outs or, or something like that. And Mike Gundy just lost it on this reporter. Like, had the reporter removed from the press conference? Like, why? For what? Just, if you don't like the question, just say no comment and move on. You don't have to remove a reporter from the press conference. That's just silly and childish. But anyways, get off off the soapbox for a little bit. All right, let's make some picks for the college weekend, James. Tonight, Tennessee, Clemson. Tennessee is without Hendon Hooker, Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt, basically all of their superstars. Clemson, not so much. Who wins? Man, the only way this Orange Bowl could get any more orange is if you had the Syracuse orange there as well. Oh, what if the referees wore orange shirts <laughs> instead of orange and white shirts? It, it, it was yeah, orange and white, or you could do orange and black, mm-hmm. whichever one you want to do. Man, God, that'd be that's my kind of bowl. Paint the field orange at this point. Oh, where's I mean, Peyton? Where's Peyton? Peyton? Peyton's the honorary captain, flipping the <laughs> he, coin. I was to say he does the coin toss. No, oh, oh man. man. Overall, I'm gonna take Clemson in this one. You don't have as many superstars lost, and I like what. Uh, Klubiak, K. Klubnik, Klubnik. I yeah. I always struggle with his name. It's it's an interesting way. It's how it's spelled. Yeah, it's it's very odd. But the fact that he's there and DJ transfer pretty much because of right. Klubnik. Absolutely. How a lot you got a lot of confidence. DJ, that if you got a whole, if you're starting QB throughout the year, has to transfer before the season even ends. Right. Right. DJ, pretty ui, interesting. We we go 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 go. Okay, come on. I mean, every time I try to say it, my tongue gets tied. It's I kind of almost treat it like it's ukulele, just ugalele. I, whatever. Uh, Bama, Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. So look, Will Anderson, Bryce Young, both decide to come back. This is going to be a statement to me, and I think this is going to be a two-touchdown-plus game. Nope. Kansas State wins. And <laughs> Kansas State wins. Oh, buddy. Nope. Kansas State wins. Nope. Kansas State wins. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I'll keep doing it. I mean, Deuce Vaughn at running back. Will- Look, Max Duggan, really good year. TCU. I mean, not TCU. What am I? I'm Kansas on a completely, State. I'm on a completely different team. I don't even know you, what I'm talking you, about. I'm you, so you, ready for the new year. Well, well, the problem is that you you saw purple and I know just, I, I'm thinking got- purple team and I get confused. It's like North Carolina and Kansas and. All the other teams in that area that are blue, I, Will, I get confused so easily. Will Howard at quarterback, Deuce Vaughn at running back. You've got good receivers. You've got a great defense. Kansas State, I think Kansas State can win this game. 
I really do. I mean, they're ranked that high for a reason. But to me, the two they're losses. Big 12 champs. Like, hey, all, all props to them. Don't get me wrong. But look, L- Alabama, they've lost twice, which is crazy. But it was by a combined four points. They gave TCU their only loss. It's going to be interesting. I just think you you leave the season as Bryce Young and Will Anderson with a statement. You get out there fast and early, and you play de- good defense early on, and then you just cruise the rest of the way. College football playoff, the Fiesta Bowl, TCU and Michigan. James, T- who wins? TCU, they had a really good season. It was it was magical. It was really cool to see. At times, I didn't think they were going to be able to keep doing it, but they proved me wrong, and I just rode with it. At this point, though, you're playing Michigan, the Wolverines, one of the most physical teams out there in college football. That's tough for a Big Ten team. Go Big Blue. We're, we're going with the Wolverines on this one for sure. Go Big Blue. Michigan wins. Georgia, Ohio State. This is where I am going to throw some people for a loop, but I want to hear you first. Who wins? Give me Georgia. Stetson Bennett, he's like 36 at this point, playing his 12th year of college football. I mean, at this point, he's super experienced. He's not, to me, a world beater, but he's able to get the job done, and he's proved a lot of the haters wrong. He's got Brock Bowers, really good running game, and the best defense in college football. This team is coming out for a statement to be like, look, this was no fluke. This wasn't luck for us last year that we just somehow got a win over Alabama. No, it's going to be two years in a row that they get to the national championship. This is going to be a game where C.J. Stroud Mm -hmm. is going to show the NFL why he belongs. He is going to show everybody that he isn't having success just because he's at Ohio State. And because he's got good receivers. And because he's got he's going to show the world that he is that dude. Ohio State knocks off number one. Wow. And you have a Michigan-Ohio State national championship. And to be fair, if that does happen, and Michigan and Ohio State play. Must-see TV. Uh, Must-see co- TV. Football fans are gonna, college football pl- fans are going to eat that alive. You have a historic rivalry to end the season. Winner takes all at this point. Oh, yeah. Rematch of what we saw earlier in the season. It's going to be great. Oh, man. Because if you go back to that Michigan-Ohio State game, it was a dogfight oh, for half, three quarters. First half, Ohio State was winning. Then Michigan got the lead in the third quarter, right. and then they just ran away yep. with it in the it, fourth. It, it was a dogfight for three quarters. And then in the fourth, Michigan just ran away with it. So if you get that game again, I don't know if Ohio State's going to let Michigan run away with it. So that would be interesting. Uh, LSU, Purdue, and the Citrus Bowl. Can't bet on at this point. No, but look, here's my thing. If Aiden O'Connell, Charlie Jones, and Payne Durham were playing, it'd, it'd be, be a lot game. more. It'd be a lot more interesting. It'd be a good game. Without them, LSU runs away with it. Mm-hmm. I don't. LSU runs I, away with it. I don't care that Drew Brees is the assistant. Love Drew. But <laughs> Purdue, they're not winning. It's not going to be close. Can Tulane go eight hours to the northwest and make some noise in Jerry's world? By this point, they're kind of used to the to the time change. Yeah. They've been there for a little while. Well, there's no time change. They're just going to Dallas. Oh. But can can they 
take down the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback in USC? Look, Tulane, really good season as well. Same thing as TCU. I really hope they can somehow upset USC, but to me, uh, I'm leaning towards the Trojans all day. I'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. Like I it, would. Like it'd be it'd be great to see Tulane in the season with a crazy win over a a top ten opponent in USC. It's USC, man. It's USC. It's Lincoln Riley. Like Caleb Williams just won the Heisman. And now I under I understand the the one thing that people are attesting to is. They go, oh, well, you know, look back at the beginning of the season last year when Tulane played Oklahoma where Caleb Williams was the quarterback and Lincoln Riley was the head coach and Tulane almost beat him. Yeah, that's true. However, it's a different Tulane team this year. This is not the same Tulane team. Ty J. Spears did not have quite the role in Tulane's offense last year that he did this year. Michael Pratt needed a whole other year to develop as a quarterback. It's a different team, and this is a much different USC team with Jordan Addison and Travis Dye and a handful of others. The Trojans win. Tulane will keep it close. I'm not going to say it's a blowout. It might only be a one-touchdown game. I was going to say the line has it within less than a field goal. Yeah, it, so it, it might only be a one-touchdown game. It may be a lot closer than a lot of us anticipated. But USC wins. Penn State, Utah, granddaddy of them all. Who you got? It's been weird with me with Utah because, like, I'll pick them to win, but then they lose. And when I don't pick them to win, they win. So it's so weird with me. Um, But I'll lean with the Utes on this one. That's just my – that's the gut natural first instinct that I got. This man's going with the Utes. Going with the Utes. Impressive. I'm going with the Nittany Lions. Oh, I like – When the Lions are Nittany. I like Sean Clifford. This is going to be his last game. Uh, at Penn State, he's been there six years now. Um, so this is going to be his last hurrah. I think he plays with a purpose. James Franklin, obviously a great head coach for Penn State. I, I think everything just lines up for them in this matchup, and they're able to expose Utah's weaknesses better than, than most teams have been able to in 2022. If you want to get Mardi Gras started the right way, we have a real fun run for you. Trail presents the Lundy Gras Barathon Monday, February the 20th, four miles through Freetown, just south of the Mardi Gras parade route. Wear a costume and enjoy free drinks throughout the course served at the Adult Hydration Station. A party bus will follow close behind, so runners can jump aboard at any time. Run all, run some, run none. The audience will vote for the winner of the costume contest. So bring your loudest and craziest friends. It's the Lundy Graw Barathon. Free drinks, food, and prizes. You can register now at latrail.org. We'll take a timeout when we return. We talked a lot about college football. Still a big weekend in the NFL as well with a lot of playoff implications. James and I will make our picks for the National Football League. Next here on the game, it's 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
540. How about some breaking news from an NBA insider? Chris Mannix believes that the Los Angeles Lakers will trade LeBron James in the offseason. What? Where is that coming from? James, do you think that that's even remotely true? If they trade LeBron, the NBA Twitter is going to explode. Well, because there, there's there's two sides to that. Okay, so number one, if you trade LeBron, but you still keep KD, AD, you're almost admitting that he's done, right? Pretty much. Because he's playing poorly enough to where you don't want him anymore. And he's at that age. You're admitting that he's done. Number two, what it does is look at it on, on the on the reverse side. It's, it's kind of like the Tom Brady scenario. The guy's 39, pretty well past his prime. And you're trading you, for him? What, what, what are you re- realistically? What are you going to give up? Because it's LeBron James, so you're gonna you're gonna be sending a pretty hefty package just for the name itself. You're gonna screw yourself out of the future for what? One good year and one eh year. Look, if I'm LeBron, you've you've played in this. This is gonna be 20 years next year that you've been in the NBA. Just call it. Don't do what Michael did. Michael extended his career a few years too long by playing with the Wizards. Don't do that. Brett Favre did the same thing in the NFL. Realize that the game is passing you and give it up. Because if you try to continue playing... All you're going to do is put a taint on your career for the younger generation. Because, again, going back to my Michael Jordan story, sure, I've seen all the highlights from when he played for the Bulls, but when I was a kid, what Michael Jordan did I see? The 40-year-old trying to play for the Wizards. That wasn't fun. Today's generation of kids is going to say the same thing. Oh, LeBron James is one of the greatest ever. Yeah, but you see, I remember when he tried to play for the Jazz and was horrible. Don't do it. He needs 575 points to become most point scorer of all time. You will get that by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Hit that number and then go home. Go home. Go home. Don't, Don't tarnish... Even though it'd be a small tarnish, don't tarnish your legacy just to play another year or two. Go home. I know, I know you want to play with Bronny, but that's just not realistic. It's just not. Don't do it. You can coach him. Coach him all you want. Go home. Go home. All right, let's make some NFL picks. Patriots, Dolphins. Normally, I would pick the Dolphins. But at this point... However, I have zero trust in Teddy Two Gloves. Zero trust. You see, and, 
and Teddy, you you weren't even able to really get a grasp on Teddy that Thursday night football game against the Bengals because he got injured the first drive. So you didn't you don't even know what he was capable of doing. At this point, the Patriots need to win to even stay alive. Dolphins Dolphins are really looking for it as well because right now they're on the outside looking in in the playoffs. So th- this is really big, but to me, the Patriots, I think they need it a little more. I like their defense a little more than the Dolphins' defense. And it, it's still it's still a cloud of mystery on what to expect from Teddy Bridgewater at this point in his career. Agreed. So I, I'm I'm a lean towards New England. It's it's not a super confident pick, but it's hard to pick because Patriots at this point. I don't understand their offense doesn't make sense. Going going back to Teddy, don't know what to expect with him. I don't know if he's going to be able to have a really good rapport and be able to hit the deep shots to Waddle or Tyreek. And if they can't, what offense does Miami have? Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm going with the Patriots too. Um, like like I said, zero trust in Bridgewater. Bears Lions. Well, technically Miami would have the uh, six seed, or they would be seven, but. Still, like to me, uh, New England needs a little more. Bears and Lions. <sighs> Lions. It feels like we're picking. We're all picking the Lions because they still need to stay alive, and it feels like it'd be the ultimate setup. The fighting Chuck Woods for Detroit to just fall apart to Justin Fields God. again. God. But I'll. I'm. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take Detroit. I'm gonna take the Lions. Because the they've been well. they've been looking a lot different than a, a lot of years past. Yep, absolutely taking the Lions as well. Panthers, Bucks in the NFC South. Come on, Carolina. Looking for the uh, what what is what is football called? The fighting Arnolds, the Benedict Arnolds, Benedict Arnolds, the Traders. We're gonna go. We're gonna go with them. Go I'm gonna Benedict I'm gonna Arnolds. take the Panthers because they win, and then they come into next week against New Orleans. They there's still a lot for them to play for because if they can beat New Orleans as well, well then at that point they're eight and nine, and I think they they would pretty much have the leg up on Tampa, so they, then they win the division. So, and that run game has been looking really good for them, especially last week. There's nothing better than a matchup of Kevin Foot nicknamed teams. It's the Benedict Arnolds against the Yucks. Love it. It's a hell of a matchup. Love it. Let's go Arnolds. Vikes Packers. I'm going Packers on this one. Really? Yeah. At this point, the NFL you got to change up the script NFL. We've seen it 5 times now that the Vikings get a game-winning field goal. At a certain point, I know they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. But at a certain point, the well's going to run dry. You can't keep going to that well over and over and over and over again. At some point, it's going to bite you. And to me, the Packers need it a lot more. Vikings have already secured up the division. They've already secured the division. They're still going to play for it easily. But to me, the Packers, they need a lot more because they need to win this week. And then the Commanders lose so that they can get to the playoffs. Daniil Hunter puts Aaron Rodgers on his ass one too many times. Vikes win. Saints-Eagles. I really want... It, this is setting up with all the with all the injuries. It's starting to set up like maybe New Orleans does win. So then the Panthers and the Saints 
are planning out for potential for uh to see who wins the division at that point. That'd be a really interesting matchup. Fly Eagles fly. Bro. No. 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 Put everyone all 4. Point something million people that live in the state of Louisiana put them out of their misery. Lose and go home. Wow. This man. It, it's the same song and dance. They're going to beat the Eagles. Oh, my God. If they win and Tampa somehow loses. Loses to they, Atlanta. They win the division and make the playoffs. And Tom Brady's going to throw a touchdown pass with five seconds left after the Saints beat Carolina to screw us all yet again. No. I, I, I went through that heartache last year, and I don't want to go through it again. Just end it. Just be done. You sucked this year. You don't deserve to go to the playoffs. Just be done. Let's go home and set up for next year. Just be done. I'm taking Eagles. I mean, same. I don't know if you could tell. Really? I had no idea. <laughs> Bills and Bengals on Monday night. Oh. The fighting Joe Burrows versus the fighting Josh Allens. This, this is what we pay top dollar for. This is the pinnacle. Oh, yeah. This is almost like... This is why we pay $200 a month for cable to watch this one game. This is almost like Argentina versus France. This might be the pinnacle of just football. What a game. What a game. Give me the Bengals. I'm going with the Bengals as well. The fighting Joe Burrows. Who knows? Maybe two touchdown passes to T. Higgins. Oh, please. I'd love it. I'm, 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 I don't know if you can tell, but I'm, I'm cheering for you in the fantasy championship. Really? I, I, I thought you were going for the other guy. I mean... Look, Landon's a cool guy. And all one, one, he's a Cages guy. We he's, like that. He, he's no James Mesh. Facts. No one else is James Mesh. <laughs> well, that's fair. You are one of one. Oh, one of a kind. One of a kind. Yes. And I don't know that that necessarily means the good way. Oh, it is. Okay. Let's take a timeout. Wrap up today's show. Last show of 2022. Right after this here on The Game. It's Southwest Louisiana's sports station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Wrapping up today's show here on the game. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Matt Miguez, James Mesh update the poll question. Still sitting at 89% for watching other people pop their own fireworks instead of buying your own. I mean, again, I can't say that I blame you. I don't pop fireworks. Watch the show. It's absolutely the right way to do it. As we close the book on 2022, James, how ready are you for 2023? Pretty damn ready, but we began the show asking me my favorite sports moment. Mm-hmm. What about you? My favorite sports moment of 2022 had to be watching the Astros win another World Series. Either that or the Pelicans making a serious run in the playoffs. A, a, a solid fight in the playoffs against the Suns. E- e- either one of those was, was top-notch for me. Also, all the, all the new events that I got to go cover 
with you know work, working here now is, is just been fantastic. Um, now the big question is how much better is crunch time going to get in 2023? Infinitely. I, I just I hope you're ready for it. All is all I'm gonna say. The train's leaving whether you're on it or not. So be ready because starting on Tuesday, we ball. <laughs> we ball. Shout out to Brandon Lee Gowton and Jake Crane for joining us today. James Mesh, appreciate everything you do. I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. Have one hell of a New Year's. And we'll be back on Tuesday right here on The Game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Talk to you next year.